Welcome back to the Checkdown Pod. We'll kick off this week's episode with our first, but certainly not the last, mock draft of the year. Then, we'll have a special draft edition of Throwing the Red Flag, a segment in which we'll each give a hot take and discuss. We'll conclude with our Super Bowl preview, where Harry and I will discuss the strengths and weaknesses of both teams. Without further ado, here's Harry. It's great to be back. Mock draft season. It's my favorite season in the NFL as a Giants fan. Uh, it used to be every season for me, but you know, now we're picking at uh, 25, 26. Uh, yeah, it's a great time though, because I, I love the draft. I think that we, when we talked about football for the majority of the time, uh, it was always about the draft with me being a Jets fan and Harry being a Giants fan. Um, that seems like it's the best part of the season every year for those teams, but not for the Giants this year. Oh yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a very fun season, but they definitely do still have a lot of holes uh, and needs to address in this draft, and it should be interesting because they're not picking top five or top ten anymore. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah, and definitely you see what Brian Dable has been able to do with the team with s- almost no talent at all what can he do once he adds once they add in free agency and in the draft we'll get to that later with the Giants pick absolutely shall we start our mock yep and for this mock Harry will be picking for the NFC teams and I'll be picking for the AFC teams yeah and there won't be any trades uh because it's too far out in advance and you know you got to see how things play out before you add trades in also, again, and too far in advance. This so this isn't a predictive mock. This is what we would do. Yeah. Uh so I think I'm gonna start off. Now, if I was the Bears, I'm obviously trading down in real life, but I can't make a trade. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna be selecting Jalen Carter, three tech out of Georgia. If you look at what Matt Eberflus has had with the Forrest Buckner on the Colts, I mean Jalen Carter is sort of like DeForest Buckner, but he could be even better. Um, And Jalen Carter is honestly, arguably the best prospect I've ever watched. He's so talented. He's so good at getting to the quarterback. He's so nuanced in the run game. He really has zero flaws other than maybe he needs to develop a little bit more pass rushing moves, but he's like, even that is like the smallest of nitpicks. He is, as close to a perfect prospect as I've ever seen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely in conversation to be the top, maybe three players in this class. Although there's definitely a good argument to be made, as you just said, for number one. Um, Is there any reason if you're the bears, why you're picking Jalen Carter over someone say like Will Anderson, or is it simply just because he's the better player? I think it mostly stems down to him being the better player. But I think it is interesting how people talk about edge rusher uh, being a more valuable position than defensive tackle or three technique more so. And I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think it's more valuable to what it brings. But if you look at this edge class, there are guys all over the place. And if you look historically, there are edge rushers all over the place. But when you look at where you find you know, defensive tackles and where you find three techniques, it's such a far step down from Jalen Carter. Although the edge rushers are also a very large step down after Will Anderson, because Will Anderson is still, is still a phenomenal prospect. But I think Jalen Carter is just like 
the golden goose of three techniques. Yes, certainly. And I think it's interesting also to point out that although edge rusher is often characterized as a more valuable position, there are so many good edge rushers in the league right now. When you're talking about good defensive tackles, I don't, you, Aaron Donald obviously comes to mind. You have Chris Jones, who we spoke about a lot last week. And then Quinn and Williams, Dexter Lawrence. There's definitely more talent than I just named, but not nearly as deep a group as the edge rushers. Yeah, definitely. Um, So let's move on to the Texans, where for them, I think this is pretty much a no-brainer. Taking Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Bama. Yes, there there are some questions about his height and his body. Will he hold up in the NFL? Alabama has him listed at six feet. I don't know if he'll even measure in at that. Um, but clearly, in my opinion, the best quarterback in this class. He was such a great passer at Alabama. His his hand-eye coordination when he's able to escape the pocket and deliver the ball accurately was really impressive. He goes through his progressions very nicely. And simply put, he's the most pro-ready quarterback in this class. Yeah, definitely. And I think what makes him so special, as opposed to quarterbacks that have come out in the past, is the way he sees the game. He really, truly does play the game in slow motion. And it's like that feature in uh, NCAA Football 14, for those who have played it, where uh, in Road to Glory, you can literally slow down the game. That's how Bryce Young is constantly playing football, and it's just fascinating. He's so electric. Yeah, there are some plays where it looks like his first two reads aren't available, and he hits that third read with probably the speed that some other quarterbacks would take just to be looking at their first read. Yeah, he is he is a wizard, and he absolutely, despite his size, deserves to be the first quarterback off the board. I know, just to throw this out there, with the hiring of D'Amico Rhines and with a team that's not nearly ready to compete, compete, and with the stacked quarterback class next year, is there any part of you that says, D'Amico Rhines, okay, 49ers scheme, you need good a good front seven. Is there anything that says, Let's go, Will Anderson. Uh, a small part of me wants to, and I think if Bryce Young is off the board, you can go a Will Anderson. You can go Jalen Carter. But I think with Bryce Young on the board, quarterback just is the most valuable position, and you can't pass up on a talent like Bryce Young if he's available. I think for the Cardinals, this is kind of a no-brainer pick. Uh, needs kind of get thrown out of the window. When you have a talent like Will Anderson Jr., who's available right there, he's so good. It's like unbelievable how good he is. And that's hard hitting analysis, I know. <laughs> but you don't find defenders who are as strong as he is at his size. He's going to come in a little bit undersized, but he's so strong and he's so stout against the run. He's still developing a little bit as a pass rusher, but he's so athletic and he's so smart that. He's not one of those like toolsy projection guys. He's one of those guys where it's like here he has a floor of being a good run defender, a smart football player with some solid pass rushing and has the ceiling of being a game wrecker. He's not like you'll see a lot of other guys in this class, specifically at the edge position are a lot of these toolsy guys, uh, but who just like 
they could be completely awful. Will Anderson is not like that. He will be a player in this league for sure. Yeah, I think he is a great player both on and off the field. I think we saw Nick Saban raved about his leadership in the locker room. And it seems with the new GM of the Cardinals, Monty Ostenfort, that he spoke a lot in recent pressers about getting the right guys in the locker room to the point where obviously everyone's going to say that, but it really seemed like it was important for him. And we'll obviously we don't know what goes on behind the scenes, but it seems like Will Anderson will have a good interview. And obviously the tape speaks for itself when he does on the field, all he tons of hustle. You could see him. I think there, there are plays when there's a screen to the opposite side and where maybe some players would just get out, some defensive lineman would just get out of the play. He rushes to the ball carrier. And yeah, I, I don't, I think without Jalen Carter in this class, it's a very good case to be made that Will Anderson is the best player. Yeah, absolutely. And I think both of them will be absolute game wreckers. Um, and Will Anderson Jr. has a prime opportunity to just step in in Arizona and be a leader of that defense for years to come. So now moving on to the Colts here, I think this is probably a no-brainer for them if it gets to this point. Um, I think they would be very happy to take Will Levis as a team with with um, strict thresholds for their quarterbacks, or so it has seemed. But this is not a predictive mock. This is what I think they should do. And for me, C.J. Stroud is the second-best quarterback in this class. So the Indianapolis Colts will take C.J. Stroud. And the reason for this is he has a gr- very nice fluid throwing motion. He, he, is, he hits those thresholds with the size. He, he shows not the, necessarily the level of decision-making as Bryce Young, but still some of the best decision-making in this class. There's nothing more to add, I think, on C.J. Stroud. Yeah. So now I'm going to pick for the Seattle Seahawks, who got this pick from Denver. And I think a lot of people are projecting edge rusher, kind of the defensive line. Um, and I've actually gone through – a lot of this edge class and I don't even want to say I'm disappointed, but I don't think any of them are as high impact slash not like locks, but I just don't think any of them are as likely to be as good as who I'm going to pick. And that's Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback mm-hmm. out of Illinois. He, ooh, whoa, he is so talented. He's so fluid. He's so athletic. He's so smart. I haven't done a full eval on him, but he's just one of those guys that I feel so confident in. He does everything bare minimum well. And there are a lot of, he's great in press. He's great in off man. He's just really good at reading the quarterback's eyes and timing up pass breakup opportunities on short routes. He's just an uber talented cornerback that I think, you know, it's hard for cornerbacks to go top five. Uh, we saw Sosk and Derek Stingley both go top five in last year's draft, but I think in this year's draft where the edge rushers are a bit more boomer bust, this locks in a great cornerback duo in Tariq Woolen and Von Witherspoon for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I'm sure the Seahawks would gladly sign up for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this is the best safety pick for Seattle to ensure that they get a phenomenal player at, you know, not a position of need because they have Tariq Woolen, but it's actually kind of a position of need because their CB2 is definitely much more up in the air. Yeah, it's interesting. If you, Keith Carroll has been saying we need to help on the front seven and how the struggles of the defense kept him up at night. But if you don't believe that an edge rusher is worth taking at the spot and you have another pick in the first round here, um, later, I think I picked 20, then why don't you just go with your best defensive player available? And I think Devon Witherspoon would be a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on to the Lions, this is your pick also. This This is is my favorite pick of the draft. It's going to be quarterback Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Probably the most, you know, up-in-the-air prospect. I mean, Will Levis is also, like, everybody has different opinions on him. Anthony Richardson to the lines is probably the perfect fit. Anthony Richardson graded out as a top, as the best pass, as, ooh, Anthony Richardson graded out as the best play-action passer according to PFF. And the Lions are top 10 in play action passes. And I think that would only, you know, grow with a guy like Anthony Richardson. They have such a great run game. They have such a great offensive line. They have Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown. They have the perfect situation to allow a guy like Anthony Richardson to just sit and develop under for a year under Jared Goff, who is a solid quarterback. And I think Anthony Richardson could be that guy who takes the Lions to a Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely. I think that, especially Richardson, he's definitely a guy you're going to want to sit for at least a year, probably two. And with Jared Goff, who played surprisingly well this year, under contract for two more years, that pretty affordable cap hits for quarterback nowadays. I think they're around $30 million. Um, it, it, It's definitely an interesting pick. Yeah, and I think it is one of those picks that they can afford to make. Uh, And to some extent, they need to make because, you know, I don't know how much they'll be picking in the top five, top six again. And you got a quarterback with the potential that Anthony Richardson has. And I think you have to take him in this pick. Yeah, I think I, I, you certainly after this season, I don't think I've seen a lot of mocks with the Lions taking a QB in round one. But I think what you just said is a very compelling argument for them to do so. Absolutely. Shall you pick for the Raiders? Yeah, I'll I'll move on to the Raiders. And I think, I, again, it just in real life, I think it seems like, I don't know if they're going to get Aaron Rodgers or maybe Jimmy G, but I don't think Josh McDaniels wants to develop a young quarterback. Nonetheless, with quarterback being such a pressing need, you can't be starting Jared Siddham next year and – getting a Jimmy G or even an Aaron Rodgers really is just putting on a bandaid on a problem on the problem that you're going to need a long-term quarterback. So why not take Will Levis here? I believe he's your QB too, but he's definitely, definitely is an, another guy who probably should sit for a year. Um, he he's has prototypical size 
He has great arm strength. Yes, he he's a very good athlete. Um, and I think sometimes you see him look great, and sometimes you see his decision making and have some questions. Um, he's he stands in the he's very good at standing firm in the pocket, but he almost does it to a fault. Um, so he'll take some hits, and it'll cause him to throw some interceptions or and fumbles. Um, he definitely. He definitely has the potential to be a great quarterback in this league, but he's going to need to clean up some things before he can be a reliable NFL QB. Yeah. One thing, I mean, definitely he does have a lot of faults and he is boomer bust, but one thing that impresses me so much about Will Levis is how he's, you know, you know, stood tall in those pockets with that Kentucky offensive line and with that Kentucky receiving room. Pocket presence is not a trait that I feel like you can develop, really. Um, it's something that you just naturally have to have, pocket presence and poise. And Will Levis absolutely has it. He's so confident in that pocket. He's willing to take a hit. Uh, he moves around in the pocket very well. He has great mechanics. He's played in a pro-style offense. He has great athleticism with that absolute cannon of an arm. And it's not just arm strength. He doesn't just throw the ball deep. He throws the ball into tight windows with velocity. And he makes throws that, you know, it's not he makes 50-yard throws that other quarterbacks can't. Sure, he does that. He makes these, like, in-between tight, in between tight spaces throws that a lot of other quarterbacks can't because they just don't have the velocity to make that kind of throw. And that's what impresses me so much about Will Levis. Yeah, he has... I, his uh, bullet passes are something to watch. The way, as you said, the way he fits them into tight windows and deep down the field as well, very impressive. And I think that's what a lot of teams will see in him. Like all this upside and this prototypical size. He has the athleticism and obviously the toughness you talked about. You can't really teach a lot of those things. So if you can just clean up the rest of it, his mechanics and his decision making then I think you'll have a very, very good quarterback. Absolutely. With the Falcons, I'm going to pick a player. I'm going to pick a position that I don't think a lot of people are mocking or that a lot of people are expecting. Uh, I'm going to double down on receiver, and I'm going to go with Jordan Addison out of USC. Interesting. He is a player who can play inside and out. you got your outside guy in Drake London. Uh, but Jordan Addison is a guy who definitely should still be on the outside, but he can also move in. He played predominantly in the slot at Pitt, but then played a lot outside at USC last season. Um, he's a great route runner. He is great after the catch. He's just a player that I feel like you're setting yourself up for success when you finally draft a quarterback, hopefully next season. Um, or for Desmond Ritter, if Desmond Ritter is the guy who I don't think he will be, but if he is, you're giving him all the weapons with Addison, Pitts, and Drake London, and they all comp they all have very different skill sets and complement each other very well. Yeah, I I don't think I've seen anything with Jordan Addison going to the Falcons, much less I'm taking a wide receiver. Um, but it, it is an interesting idea, and it with that offensive line, it's was pretty good last year. And if you get another rep weapon, maybe you can get a chance to fully evaluate 
Desmond Ritter and make a decision. Is he your quarterback of the future? Or are you going to um, dip back into that loaded QB class next year and get your guy then? Yeah. And I think receiver becomes a sneaky need for them, not because people view their receiving core as better than it is, but because they picked receiver last year in the first round. So, okay, they they people feel like they addressed it. Well, they really didn't. And you can't be, you know, trotting out Olamide Zacchaeus as your wide receiver too um, and expect a good passing offense. Yeah, no, I think we definitely saw some interesting names. I think they had Demir Bird coming out a couple of times. Yeah. They had quite the uh, rotation there at receiver. Is there anything maybe the thing that one reservation I have about this pick is that their defense is so bad and so devoid of talent that can you justify them taking an offensive player here? I think the defensive players left on the board are a lot more boomer bust, um, you know, specifically the edge rushers. Um, whereas Jordan Addison, I think is sort of, he's, I think Jordan Addison has a much higher floor ceiling combo than any of these other guys. And I think receiver, if you don't address it in the first round, which you don't have to, you're going to have to address it either next year or in the later rounds. Why not get your pick at the best guys and set up this offense that could be lethal? Yeah, no, definitely a compelling case there. Um, I think if that's all on uh, Jordan Addison, we can move on to the Falcons division rival and the Panthers. Another pick for you here. Yeah. As much as I just hated on the edge class and the defensive players, I think the Panthers are a team. I'm going to pick Tyree Wilson. Uh, I like Tyree Wilson a lot because he has a great get off. He has, he's very powerful. He's fast. He's explosive. He's a great athlete. He just, he's not the athletic mold that a guy like Trayvon Walker is. He's a guy who has some sort of baseline because of that athleticism. And because, and he's used that athleticism to help him out as a pass rusher. And I think he's not just a tools projection guy. He's a power guy who is so explosive and can, you know, convert speed to power off the edge. Um, One thing that I do find interesting about Tyree Wilson, though, is that he's not really a great run defender, which is interesting for a player of his size, um, where a lot of people will find clips of Tyree Wilson just bodying players in the run game. And you're like, wow, that's a great play. But every time you find out that it's a tight end and you feel a lot less good about that than if he did that to a pulling guard or to a tackle. Yeah, he's definitely a guy who's going to need to develop. I think his hands are he his hand placement is not always great he he can get more violent when he rushes the passer if he can get those hands uh get more vi- get his hands to be more violent um and i think sometimes he doesn't show a lot of bend when rushing the passer um but yeah i, I don't know i think he's definitely if you're going to pick an edge rusher certainly one of the best available here Yeah, and I think that when you pair him up with Brian Burns, uh, you got that speed element from Brian Burns and you have that power element from Tyree Wilson. If Tyree Wilson does develop, 
that could be overwhelming for offensive lines. Yeah, Brian Burns already a guy who kind of gets slept on because he's in Carolina, but one of the premier young edge rushers in the league. And like you said, if you can get that duo, that'll be scary for opposing quarterbacks. Absolutely. Now on to probably the most mocked pick in the history of a draft. It's Christian Gonzalez at number 10 to the Eagles. There isn't much to be said about this. Darius Slay is old. Um, James Bradbury's a free agent. Whether they re-sign him or, or again, whether they re-sign him again next season, or whether this is a future projection pick, it doesn't really matter. You saw what they did with Jordan Davis. They're stashing him. If Javon Hargrave leaves, if Fletcher Cox retires, obviously Jordan Davis plays a different position than Javon Hargrave, but just kind of like shoring up that interior defensive line for when you're not going to be certain about it, which is this season. Now you have that safety blanket um, in Jordan Davis. You're going to do the same thing here with Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, no, I I think Gonzalez is a great pick here for the Eagles who can afford to take a luxury pick here. Um, He's great in press. And he, like you said, he is very, he's another guy who's just great size, good athlete, I don't know what more more there is to say about Gonzalez here. Yeah. On to your pick with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, so the Titans obviously have a hole at quarterback. But, I, I mean, assuming that Ryan Tannehill is gone, and even if not, Ryan Tannehill, just definitely not a guy you want starting for your team if you're trying to make the playoffs. Um, But... With the top four guys off the board here, there's really no one to take at that position. So for a team that wants to run the ball and that definitely has seen a little bit of a downfall in their offensive line play, who better what who better to take than Peter Skronsky, who can play either tackle or guard, I think. Um he should he was great. He's a he's a good athlete. Um, he was great for Northwestern. I agree. His best fit is probably at guard and a great run blocker. Just if you're going to rely on Derrick Henry, just get him the offensive line help and let him just run all over defenses. So that's the rationale behind the pick of Peter Skaronsky there. Um so now moving on to the Texans, which I think this is a very interesting pick um, decision for them. They have a lot of needs. They addressed quarterback in this mock with their first pick of Bryce Young. Um, I really not a fan of the remaining defensive or front seven talent in this range. However, I think that just it's so crucial to DeMarco Ryan's scheme to have that great edge rusher. And I think with someone like Miles Murphy, you you have a chance that he can develop into that. A guy who the production wasn't really there at Clemson, um, but he has another one of these guys. He has inside-outside flexibility, which teams like. Um, he has very good arm length. Um, 
he he's very he's he's very good off the snap and i think he can develop into a premium edge rusher um there's definitely a concern that his he doesn't really have a plan when rushing the passer he's just kind of using that physicality and those long arms and just going after it um but yeah definitely a guy mark Ryan's can help him and yeah i think should be a good player for the texans yeah definitely a need to address that defensive line uh and the front four in the domingo ryan scheme um and miles murphy definitely has the tools to become an elite player i do have a lot of pause on him though and uh I'll get to that a little bit later on in this episode. Okay. Um, a little spoiler there for your hot take. Um, <laughs> but now we're moving on to my team, the New York Jets, and someone who has probably spent the last two months ever since they lost to Seattle just staring at the tackle class. I thought that I knew that I knew that the pick had to be tackle. However, I am tempted by the idea of getting another weapon for whoever the quarterback is, whether that be it pairing Garrett Wilson with Jackson Smith and, and Jigbo once more. Um, that is very tempting. Or you can have kind of a chess piece on defense in Brian Branch. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you actually have your pick of the tackles here. I think you got to just got to be smart to me, probably tackle one in this class. It's Paris Johnson out of Ohio state. Um, a guy who I think will probably be at the top of the board for most teams on the offensive line. He has really good size. His, is his very he shows very nice footwork um and he can he can he can also play guard if you need him to although for the jets you got Mackay Beckton coming off from the injury you don't know what you're going to get there a tackle unclear if Dwayne Brown is going to retire or if he, he's going to be cut um but yeah definitely need help on that offensive line for whoever is going to come in and start for them at quarterback and I think that that Paris Johnson is just the guy they need. Yeah, Paris Johnson, athletic freak. He's such a nuanced run blocker, so he does have that floor that he'll be a good run blocker. Um, definitely still has work to do in the passing game, but he is a very good athlete and a great pick here for the Jets at 13. Now, moving on to the Jets' division rival here in the Patriots. It's a team that, in my opinion, could really use a quarterback. Seems like there are a lot of teams who could use a quarterback this year. Um, but, yeah, no one worth taking here. Probably going to have to ride it out with Mac Jones, as tough as that is. Um, I mean, think about if I'm the Patriots here, I think – with the way this is shaping out, they would be very, very tempted to go Brian Branch there and have another chess piece on that defense with Kyle Duggar. But for me, the Patriots 
they just get a wide receiver for Mac Jones. And for me, that's going to be Quentin Johnson. So I may have messed up the uh, the pick there. Um, because I thought you were going the Brian Branch direction. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Definitely threw me for a loop there. Um, who are you picking again? I'm gonna go with Quinnen Johnson here for. It's a very respectable pick. Hold on, I gotta. Okay, we'll we'll uh allow for Harry to make his adjustments there. Um. And while he does that, I'll talk about a little bit about Quentin Johnson. First of all, the Patriots just have been devoid of talent at wide receiver, seemingly since Randy Moss was there. Um, you got a guy in Quentin Johnson who, again, has that size, but also has, I think he's listed at 6'4". I don't know if that's a true 6'4", but he does really feel very great. Like He's He's very tall. He definitely can – is a good bet to become at least a wide receiver too. Yeah. One thing that is concerning about him is, you know, that lack of contested catches and using his size. But the intrigue that he has, the potential that he has is, like, off the charts. And if he can become that, you know, go-getter in the receiving game, I think he'll be something special. Uh, he does kind of remind me a little bit of Christian Watson, which is interesting. Uh, interesting as the Green Bay Packers are now up. Um, if this was real life, I would not be going the direction that I'm going because I don't think the Packers will take a receiver round one. <laughs> and if they do, I don't think they would take uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I am going to take. He is a slot only guy, probably, but he's just and he's not an athlete the way some of these other guys are, but he's just such a nuanced route runner. He just gets football and that's kind of the best way I can describe him. And he just, he's so good. He's a guy who I would love to find at, uh, at 26 for the giants. What is that? 26. Oh, 25 for the giants. He won't be there. He's too nuanced. He's too talented. And then once you get Christian Watson, you get Jackson Smith and Jigba and you have Alan Lazard, that's not that Alan Lazard is, you know, the greatest player of all time, but that's a good receiving room for probably Jordan Love. Um, yeah. Well, and when you take into account Aaron Jones, that could be a very good offense. It'll be, it would be very ironic if right after we're presuming Aaron Rodgers leave, the P- Packers go out and finally take a wide receiver in the first round. That would be hilarious yeah and like you said he's as slot receiver he's probably going to be a guy who has to play the slot although he has the size to play on the outside um he he's a he doesn't necessarily separate so well and not being a great athlete there is the concern that he's not giving his QB enough of a window to throw He's a great possession receiver, and he can make congestion catches, no doubt. Yeah. On to my next pick, another team that would love to draft a quarterback if they could, although Sam Howell could be a very decent player for them. 
if uh, if given the opportunity. I like what they did last year with their Penn State selection on the receiving end. So I'm going to go back into the Penn State well and take Joey Porter Jr., who is my current cornerback three. Um, he's just a really good player. He just – he knows ball. He's a great press corner. He has good ball skills. He's a good athlete. He's a lengthy guy. He's everything you want in a cornerback. Earlier in the in the process, I was mocking him even a little bit higher, and I think he can make his way into the top 15, just missing out on it here. And I think that this will give the commanders uh, that cornerback one that they're missing. Yeah, definitely. If you look at the commander's team, considering how they finished the season, I think surprisingly few holds on that roster, if that's is that fair to say, I, as an NFC yeah, fan. Yeah, I actually had a had a lot of difficulty finding a pick for them because other than quarterback, they don't have very many needs. Yeah, so, I mean, a guy who they definitely can use help at the at cornerback, and he's big enough to play some press man. Um, he's very physical, which I think Ron Rivera will love for that defense. Uh, and, yeah, I think without a quarterback on the board, I think he makes a cornerback makes a lot of sense for the commanders and he is the best one left. Absolutely. Um, so now moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers here, I think this kind of leaves me in a very uh, tough spot because the Steelers are another team with, very interesting roster. It's unclear. Kenny Pickett, you're obviously going to stick with him for the next year. Their offensive line struggled, and you want to get that protection for Kenny Pickett, and you want to get Najee Harris back to form. I think we're going to go with the guy who I think you have as your number one tackle in this class, which is Broderick Jones out of Georgia. Yeah, I love Broderick Jones. I think he's a phenomenal pass protector. I think he's a great athlete. And I think he definitely he definitely needs to work on things. He's not bust proof. Uh, he needs to get better with his hands, but I think he mirrors really well um, and is just overall a player who has played in big games. Not that that always matters, but he has the experience on that Georgia offensive line. And I think he'll be an immediate impact tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers who have neglected this need for a very long time. Yeah, certainly. And I think, I don't know what the plans are for them at tackle. I think you can have um, Chaguma, a code. I, I'm sorry, I'm butchering his name. I think played actually very, very solidly for them this year. Um, Chaguma, a core for, um, but on the other side, you really, you don't have that much. I don't know if this position they'll address in free agency, but definitely Broderick Jones, as of where the roster stands right now, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, definitely. For the Lions, I was conflicted on where to go because I still feel like this is a team that doesn't have very many needs. So for a team that doesn't have very many needs, it's time for another somewhat luxury pick. And that's going to be Brian Branch, who can play slot corner. I know they uh, already addressed corner. Oh, actually, no, that was the Seahawks. Mm -hmm. um, 
Brian Branch, who can play some slot corner. He can play free safety. You can kind of just move him around and do whatever you want with him. And for a team that doesn't have very many needs, this is a perfect player to kind of address a bunch of different things. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think they could use some help in that cornerback group. Um, Jeff Okuda, it's a shame. It's struggling to stay healthy. And I think, I don't, I'm not sure who played the slot for them last year. Um, but they could definitely use that added help in the secondary. Definitely. Um, yeah, you want to move on to the Bucks here. Very interesting team. Yeah. The Bucks are kind of in the worst position to be in. <laughs> uh without Brady, they definitely need quarterback and that's Kyle Trask me. season. It is absolutely not Kyle Trask <laughs> season. <laughs> it is anything but Kyle Trask season. Um horrible to select him in the second round, but that is its own issue. Um I think they're in a weird position because they do have a good team, but it's just like you can't really win now. I'm going to go with the athletic three-tech and take Brian Brzee. Uh, Logan Hall hasn't been great inside. Um, They're just – they don't really have anyone there. Um, So this, I think, is, you know, an immediate way to address a very sneaky need for them without – being able to address the obvious need. Yeah, definitely. You want to see, I think there were times last year when really Shaq Barrett was the only constant pressure or constant uh, guy getting constant pressure on that front in that front seven. And he was banged up. So he's had injury problems in his career. You haven't seen Joe Trinchwanka take the step up that you want. Played better this year, but Definitely not the edge the guy you want to rely on. You obviously have Vita Vea, but pairing v- with Vita Vea at nose and pairing him with a three tech like Brian Brzee, that w- is definitely a very interesting duo. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit too early to give up on Joe Tryon. Um, so I like the idea of addressing the inside and you know pairing up Vita Vea and Brian Brzee could be game wrecking and then with Shaq Barrett on the outside that'll free him up and it should make the life of Joe Tryon easier to really see what you have with him yes um so for my next pick the Seahawks who went uh cornerback uh with their first pick why didn't they go edge that's because they're going to take edge Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa he's a very powerful edge rusher um He's athletic, he's lengthy, he's one of those guys who I don't think will be as much of a huge sack guy, but he's going to be a little bit of a disruptor. He's going to be, even he could be an inside outside guy. Um, and he's actually like his size wouldn't make you think that he has, you know, that flexibility, but he's actually underratedly a flexible guy at that edge position standing at like what six five two seventy five. Um so yeah. No, definitely a guy that I think he, there's not a lot of tape on him. I think he's only started one year. I um, think so too. And he 
he's a guy that, I mean, you, as you said, like that size, people will see that and that immediately um, jumps out at you. But he's a guy who I think can kind of, he can develop into a, a nice pass rusher. Um, his, he is solid in the run game right now. Onto the Chargers. Yeah, so the Chargers, obviously, really brutal loss in the playoffs this year. We saw that defense kind of collapse in the wild card round, um, the second half against Trevor Lawrence. But I'm not going to take a defensive player because they're with a lot of rumors swirling right now that they're looking at Keenan Allen and Gerald Everett as possible cap casualties. I'm going to give them probably the best tight end in the class in Michael Mayer. And a guy that I think, I think Gerald Everett played really well for them this year. So it would be really a shame if you couldn't bring him back. But nonetheless, I feel like let get Justin Herbert the weapons to compete in a division that has Patrick Mahomes. Um, that offensive line looks pretty good. Like Corey Lindsley at center, they got Slater and Jamar Salyer at the tackle spots. They invested in Zion Johnson last year. Just continue to build up on the make yourselves an offensive powerhouse. And yeah, I think Michael Mayer has the potential to be almost kind of similar to what TJ Hawkinson did for the Vikings this year um, after the trade. I don't know if he will outperform what Gerald Everett did this year, but a guy who's very high effort run blocker, he He's very he's he's a very solid route runner, um, and yeah he's a, he's makes contested catches. He's pretty much what you want for a prototypical wide tight end. Yeah, I mean I didn't even really think of this pick. I thought you were going in the direction of receiver, but I actually do really like it, and I, I yeah I'm a fan. Definitely got to build up that offense. Uh, for Justin Herbert, and if you're gonna go toe to toe with the Chiefs, you got to be able to score more points than them. So, yeah, no doubt. Um, I this is one I'm gonna ask you for help here because if you're the Ravens, I don't know what you do. That team got a lot going on. With is Lamar gonna be back? Is he playing on the tag? In which case, he's probably not gonna play. What other picks are you getting if you trade him? I don't know. Clearly a team that desperately needs some help at receiver. They just continue to neglect that position. Um, so I don't know if they if they will do that here. I know I'm willing to listen to your ideas. I think um, there are two receivers that really intrigue me right now. Uh, these two, Zay Flowers and Josh Downs. I think both of them are kind of slotty outsidey guys who can work very well over the middle. Um, and I think that if Lamar Jackson does come back, those are two guys that uh, can pair very well um, with Lamar and be playmakers. They're not just receivers. They're really playmakers and can expand upon this offense that loves to run the ball and loves to do, you know, some gimmicky things is the direction I would go. 
So in that case, I think we're going to go. Well, that's, that's a tough one. I think we'll go with. Uh, let's go with Zay Flowers here. He's a guy who it seems like the Ravens have this thing for undersized wide receivers. Um, you got throwing Devin Duvernay out there. Um, Rashad Bateman, I guess is six one, so not really undersized, but very slim. <laughs> um, so he doesn't really play so big. So why not add to that group? Zay Flyer's a guy who, like you said, I think is probably going to be more of a slot guy in the NFL, though he can play on the boundary. Um, he has really good ball skills. He has a good release. Um, I think there is some concern that there's some concern that with the the arm length and he has I think his I believe his hands are pretty small um and he could definitely improve on his route running but as you said I mean I, I like this idea for the Ravens yeah I I think that this is the best way to you know put playmakers around Lamar and to not be so dependent on the run game while still staying true to your colors. And, like, this isn't like a Drake London who just wouldn't fit with the Ravens. This is a guy who I think fits with the passing scheme and kind of, like, with what the Ravens want to do. He's His depth of target is not going to be, like, 40 yards down the field. And I think this um, is the best way to get a receiver but still stay true to your offensive, you know, design. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, and I think – very good on you with that recommendation. Um, yeah, now you want to move on to another team that had a disappointing playoff run in the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, the Vikings, the Vikings. What to do with the Vikings? <laughs> this is a team that feels pretty complete. They feel like they need – I feel like it's what can Kirk Cousins do for you? <laughs> um and how can you win with that defense? Um, I think the best thing to do right now is add, you know, pass rushing presence. And a guy like Nolan Smith, who was out for this season for Georgia, he's just a very flexible guy. He's got good bend. He is a pretty developed pass rusher. He's not the best run defender right now, but you can kind of work around that and let him develop. You have a good defense. This is a or you have a you have not a great defense. They had a horrible defense. Um, you have a good defensive coordinator in Brian Flores, who was just hired. Yeah, that's uh, who true. I think can help develop Nolan Smith into one of those guys who can defend the run, and you know be that first round edge guy that you want to draft. Yeah, I think it's all very fair. A team that it's pretty complete and seems like it will they'll go as far as Kirk Cousins will take them. Um, but we saw kind of Daniel Jones and that Giants offense kind of tear their defense to shreds a little bit here. Um, so never a bad idea to get more help on the defensive line. Absolutely. Um, so now moving on here to the Jaguars, a team that, very interesting, I think, they, I mean, 
Trevor Lawrence solidify himself as the player they thought they were getting when they took him at number one overall. Um, the offense, I think that you're going to have, hopefully, Calvin Ridley next year. Um, I think you'll still have Christian Kirk. I believe Zay Jones is still under contract. At, um, I think sure. he is too, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Marvin Jones Jr., um, Evan Ingram is a free agent, but I think both sides would like to have a reunion there. So I'm actually going to go to the defensive side of the ball for them. And I think Tyson Campbell had a breakout year um, at corner for them, but why not pair him with another great corner or guy who has the potential to become a great corner in Cam Smith? Mm. I like it. Cam Smith, he definitely a guy. He needs some work. Um, I think he. There are times at South Carolina where it looked like maybe he. Um, I don't want to say you don't know what's going through his head, but maybe wasn't playing at maximum effort. I don't know if you can say that. Um, but a guy, he's got good size. He. He has pretty good production this year. Um, Yeah, I don't know what more there is to say about Cam Smith here. Yeah, definitely got to sure up that defense, especially if you want to be, you know, one of the one of the teams that contend with the Chiefs. Uh, You know, you got to be able to stop that offense. And there's this offense looked really good this season, and now they're going to add Calvin Ridley to it. Uh, So no better way than adding a great cornerback in Cam Smith. So now here we go. It's your New York Giants. I have been thinking about this pick for a while, and I think most people will want to go down the receiver route for the Giants. Uh, PFF lists it as their biggest need, but I'm going to disagree with PFF. I think Isaiah Hodgins looked really good. Sterling Shepard is still a good player for you, whether he ends up being a cap casualty or not is yet to come. Um, And Wandale Robinson actually looked pretty good. Uh, So I think a lot of their issues at receiver came from injury more so than lack of talent, although they definitely could still add a receiver. But I think their bigger need is actually a cornerback too. And I'm going to take a guy who I don't think everybody is thinking about right now, and that is Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Uh, I think he is a very scheme, not scheme dependent, but the scheme that the Giants run, assuming Wink Martindale uh, stays, could allow Deontay Banks to become a top 10 cornerback. The press coverage skills that he has is phenomenal. He's fluid. He's a phenomenal athlete. Um, You know, he reads the ball really well. And he's played against some of the best competition in the Big Ten. And I think that this is how you become a team that can stop the Eagles is with a Deontay Banks. You know, they were getting eaten alive by the Eagles and it wasn't really, I mean, it was for every reason, but I think they just, they, even if their offense kept up, they just wouldn't have been able to stop this Eagles defense. And that comes from their lack of help in the secondary. I mean, Fabian Moreau was their cornerback too, which is not great. Not great. And he's even a free agent this season. So who knows if he's coming back? I think cornerback is actually a bigger need than wide receiver for the New York football giants. Especially, yeah, and I, I like it in that Wink Martindale scheme. Cornerback is so important, as I said, assuming he stays. Um, 
I know Adore Jackson looked really good this year and he he played well against AJ Brown. But like you said, the Eagles, they got Devontae Smith and AJ Brown and AJ Brown physical guy, Deontay Banks, pretty perfect guy to go up against him. He's big, he has very good arm length. So now to the division rival of the Giants, the Dallas Cowboys. This is a pick that I really, really hope does not happen in real life because I love Josh Downs out of North Carolina. But for the Dallas Cowboys, this just makes so much sense. He's a guy who can play inside the slot. He can play outside the slot. They like putting CD in the slot. I think he was uh, of receivers who played more than 50% of the snaps. I think he was like eighth in slot percentage this season. Um, which is surprisingly high for a guy of his size, but you know, they like moving him around. So Josh Downs allows you to like Josh Downs might be mostly a slot guy, but he'll still allow you to move CD into the slot because he can play on the outside. He's actually kind of very similar to Jahan Dotson from last year where he's undersized and he may just be a slot guy, but he's so physical at the catch point and he plays so much bigger than his size that I'm, I have no worries about him just being a playmaker for the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I think definitely you saw that in the playoffs. They were kind of looking at CD, and then Dalton Schultz, I believe, is a free agent. Um, he was the only other guy, Michael Gallup, really not factoring into that offense. And they could use some other weapons, and I, I like the pick. On to and- the Bills. I think that leaves me with, uh, I think one of my favorite fits that I was hoping would happen, but you never know. And that would be Bijan Robinson to the Bills here at 27. And as a Jets fan, not fun to imagine an offense with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Bijan Robinson. But Oof. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he's probably the best running back prospect since Saquon Barkley. Um, he is really, really has the skill set to play all three downs, can even move, I'd say, if you want to get creative, move him occasionally to the slot for some jet sweeps. Um, he's, he has really good hands. He's a solid blocker. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, he just runs through players. I don't know. It's hard to point out any flaws in his game. Yeah, he's he's you want to be careful with the word generational because it seems like we call someone generational every year and that's not how generations work, but he feels generational in how good he is. Yeah, no, they can that that's a guy who if you had him to any almost any offense, he elevates it to a whole new level. Absolutely. And I think now I'm back on the clock here with the team that eliminated the Bills here in the Buffalo Bengals. And I'm going the, the to Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Buffalo Bengals. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, I'm going to go here with, I think, another pick that I like a lot. And this is kind of predicated on the idea that they're going to bring back Hayden Hurst. Um I know that they they need a lot of help on that offensive line, but to me, this pick is does almost as much as any offensive lineman here could, and that's going to be Darnell Washington out of Georgia, tight end. He's really he's going to play in line 
not really that like versatile tight end, but great, great size. I think he's listed at six seven and about two seventy. Um, he's a great blo- uh, run blocker. He he's a very nice pass catcher. He's a mismatch for linebackers. Um, he's a really nice goal line uh, threat, and yeah, I, I think. He, I think he will also improve the run game for the Bengals as well, which I think we saw Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan struggle a little bit down the year. Um, but yeah, definitely, again, if you have Hayden Hurst, more of that receiving option. And then I think Darnell Washington could be a tight end too that does so much more for you than that if you want to play in that 12 personnel. Yeah, and I mean, I think teams were even talking about Darnell Washington potentially transitioning to tackle. Uh, cause yeah. he's that good of a blocker. Um, so that, that was a very interesting <laughs> development. And I think that this could be a very good pick for the Bengals and, you know, create offense where you're not going to find it as easy. Yeah. Um, um moving on or... to the saints here, I think. Right. And this is the pick that was from the Broncos in the Sean Payton deal that was from the Dolphins in the Bradley Chubb deal, which the Dolphins got in the Trey Lance deal. So wow. keep track of that. <laughs> um, that is crazy movement. Um, I am going to go with, I'm not even going to try and say his name, the three tech out of Pittsburgh, Kalijah Cansey. Kalijah Cansey, I think. Yeah, that's how you... Um, he he has great hands. He's just a fluid pass rusher, and for a team that is, I don't what I don't know what the Saints do. The Saints, <laughs> it's just like they have nothing to do because they kind of, they kind of put themselves in a horrible position by uh, trading that first round pick for Trevor Penning. Uh, because yeah. there are tackles that I like more on the board than I liked Trevor Penning, um, and they yeah they just they kind of screwed themselves over with that, but, um. The three tech out of Pittsburgh is he's phenomenal. He really uses his hands well. He's a great pass rusher, and he could be an immediate impact player for the Saints. Yeah, I think some people have him even as the second best tackle, uh, D tackle in this class behind obviously Jalen Carter. Um, so a Saints team that Dennis Allen, a defensive minded head coach, would love to probably beef up his front four. Definitely. And now here for the Chiefs, another situation where I don't know, there, there's a lot of options here. Um again, another team that's just so good that they can go in so many directions. Um, but I think if I'm the Chiefs here, I'm looking at a couple of things. I'm looking at offensive tackle in case they lose. Orlando Brown and free agency and also they can definitely use an upgrade on Andrew Wiley but on the defensive side of the ball I'm gonna go with a guy who I think really just feels like a guy that in a speaks Steve Spagnola defense and that's gonna be Trenton Simpson linebacker out of Clemson um he's an off-ball guy I think he he can pair really nicely with Nick Bolton he's great in man coverage um, he, um, he can play outside in, in a, in their four, three, um, 
He's really good as a blitzer. He he's he has very nice awareness. Um, sometimes he can get bumped around a little bit in the run game, but definitely a guy who the Chiefs are already such a good team. Why not bolster that defense and just make it harder for opposing teams to ca- keep up with Patrick Mahomes in your offense? Yeah, I mean, I'm not huge on linebacker in the first round, but I do I do like this pick and I think it, you know, the Chiefs are a team that you know, they've kind of been building up this defense very slowly and I think that this is a player who could help them turn into a very lethal defense. Um But yeah, and I I I definitely think the Chiefs are obviously when you get to this lane in the first round there's so many directions the team can go and a team as good good with a roster as good as the chiefs, you can pretty much, they can pretty much go best player available if they wanted to. So a lot of this will depend on how the board falls. Um, But now here's a team who could really go best player available in this scenario, obviously the chiefs losing to the Eagles in the super bowl. So the Eagles will have 31, the last pick in the first round this year. Yeah. I, I'm very conflicted on what to do with this um, because there are a lot of guys still left on the board. And what do you do with the team that has no needs? Uh, I'm thinking about Osiris Torrance just uh, in case Jason Kelsey retires in the next couple of years. Uh, you move Landon Dickerson over to center and Osiris Torrance slides in there. But that feels oh, even too luxury pick for me. I will say, though, that I think that they already kind of had that insurance for the Jason Kelsey retirement. Jason Kelsey apparently was part of the scouting process for Cam Jurgens, and he really believes that he can develop into that center of the future for the Eagles. So, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting situation, as you said. Another right. luxury pick, but... Um, and the pick that I'm going to go with is uh, a just completely developmental guy, and it's going to be Will McDonald out of Iowa State. His arms are... I think he's in the 100 percentile in arm length. I I think he has 36-inch arms, which is wild given the fact that he's like 6'3". He is so bendy. He's so athletic. Uh, He really gets off the ball well. And he wasn't used correctly at Iowa State. They used him, uh, you know, in their like 3-3-5 defense. They used him a lot over the tackle. They used him just so poorly they didn't allow him to be a stand-up edge and i think if he can be a stand-up edge on the eagles uh he can develop into a fantastic player yeah i think he's a guy that will his buzz will kind of heat up once we get to the combine um because i think expected to have a very nice combine but yeah this eagles team you see they just have a plethora of pass uh, pass rushers and why not add to that arsenal like you said we saw them kind of do do with Jordan Davis this year. Just he he's not even he wasn't even expected to play. So why don't you just build up developmental guy, take Will McDonald here, and just let him sit and learn behind Brandon Graham. And now what appears to be the one of the best young edge rushers in the NFL and Hassan Reddick. I don't know if that's crazy to say. Um Although not so young anymore. Not so young. I I, I think, he's, what is he still, 27? Yeah, 20, but in football terms, that's a, yeah. that's a grandpa. He's a grandpa. Well, it's a veteran to learn from. Um, But, you know, I like the pick a lot. So that'll that'll be it, it with 31 picks in this year's first round. Harry, if you want to read through maybe 
The picks? Yes. Bears take Jalen Carter. Bryce Young goes to the Texans. Will Anderson to the Cardinals. CJ Stroud to the Colts. Devon Witherspoon to the Ooh, Seattle Seahawks. I almost said Broncos. Um, LA, I keep reading out. Yeah. <laughs> the Detroit Lions take Anthony Richardson. The Raiders go Will Levis. The Falcons add a receiver in Jordan Addison. Tyree Wilson pairs with Brian Burns to the Panthers. Christian Gonzalez is going to be the safety blanket for the Eagles. Peter Skaronsky goes to the Titans. Miles Murphy to the Texans. Paris Johnson Jr. to the Jets. Quinton Johnston to the Patriots. Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Green Bay Packers. Joey Porter to the Washington Commanders. Project Jones to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Brian Branch to the Detroit Lions. Brian Brzee to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Lucas Van Ness to the Seattle Seahawks. The Chargers take Michael Mayer. The Ravens take Zay Flowers. The Vikings take Nolan Smith. Uh, The Jaguars take Cam Smith. The Giants take Deontay Banks. The Cowboys go Josh Downs. The Bills finally get the running back in Bijan Robinson. The Bengals take Darnell Washington. The Saints take Kalija Kinsey. <laughs> um, the Chiefs take Trenton Simpson. And the Eagles ended off with Will McDonald, the fourth. Yeah, so that that's that was it. Our check down pod mock 1.0. Um, we'll definitely be doing more of these as we get closer to the draft itself and as we see what happens at the combine and in the offseason. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to say on the draft before we move on? Uh, well, the one thing I do want to say on the draft is my hot take. Um, so I think we can move over to that section if you are ready. Yeah, so let's uh, throw the red flag here, special draft edition as I think we're both presenting uh, draft-related hot takes. So you gave us a teaser earlier, so let's hear it now. I think Miles Murphy is going to be the biggest bust in this draft class. And I think the hype could die down on Miles Murphy. So this is hard to say right now. If Miles Murphy ends up getting drafted in the second or third round, then that's not the case. But a lot of the mocks have him in the top 10. I think we took him in the top 12 here. Um and to me, that's just too much value. Miles Murphy is one of those guys who's a great athlete. He has great size. And he even has surprising bend for his size. Like, he's actually really bendy, which makes him a very intriguing prospect. And I can I definitely understand why people like him. But he lacks power. He doesn't have a refined pass rushing set. And to be honest, he's not a good run defender at his size, which is scary. And he's not even really such a smart player. I saw him bite on read options and lose his contain. And that allowed touchdowns. And he did it more than once. Um, He didn't learn from his mistakes. I saw a player like Tyree Wilson do the same thing, but for the rest of the game, he held his contain. Whereas Miles Murphy made the same mistake twice in the Florida state game. Um, So yeah, I do not like Miles Murphy as much as the consensus currently likes him. Yeah. I think it's definitely interesting a lot of there's not a lot of guys in this draft that you're saying based on production they are worthy of a first round selection it's all based on this potential with their their build and what they can develop into and i think kind of miles murphy is kind of the perfect example of a guy who really didn't really show too much at clemson the tape is not great 
but teams seem like they're I don't know for sure, but it seems like teams or at least the mock draft uh, community as a whole is very in on that athleticism and potential. Yeah. And kind of the guys who I thought very much like that were Greg Russo and, um, and Trayvon Walker over the past two years, I have not had the same view as the public eye on those guys who were big uh, projection guys. Uh, So miles Murphy is my Greg Russo Trayvon Walker of this year. You saying that really made me like that take even more because knowing your track record with those guys, um, it seems like pretty good. I don't know. I think that's a very fair and measured take that seems like has a good chance that if he goes as early as we think he's going to, he is a very good chance to be the biggest bust from this class. Um, Definitely. Yeah, so anything else to add? there uh no i think it is your time to shine okay so my hot take is is kind of about the draft class as a whole in the fact that i really think there are fewer than 10 guys in this draft who would have gone in the first round last year and Mm. it's just in my opinion you have the guys at the top which are jalen carter and will anderson probably the two best players in this class then you have Bryce Young, obviously. I really like like him at quarterback. But again, questions as they're gonna be with all prospects. Um, but he was definitely a guy who should go in the first round, no matter the year, and as early as he's going for sure. Bijan Robinson, I know we like to say generational's overused, probably a generational running back. Um I he's for sure a guy who, depending on when you're gonna take him running back back into the first round he's probably worthy of that selection um so yeah you got him and really i think devon witherspoon as you mentioned he's a great cornerback prospect and then i think you just for me it's just the tackles in in uh peter skronsky and paris johnson jr um and then the only other guy who i could really see making it for me is cj stroud I just think Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, like obviously quarterbacks are going to go high by nature. Um, and, but there, for me, they're just, it's hard to see it, the risk in taking one of these guys to be your quarterback of the future. If you need a quarterback right now with their, let's face it, inability, I think to take the ball anytime soon and win you football games. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would go as far as to say that there are uh, less than 10 guys who would go in the first round of last year. But one thing that I do think is that once you get past Will Anderson and Jalen Carter and maybe Devon Witherspoon, and if you're not a team drafting a quarterback, I think all these guys are kind of just really close to each other. There isn't much that separates, you know, Jordan Addison from Josh Downs, but they go in this mock. They go, uh, what is that? 26 minus eight is uh, 18 picks away from each other. Um, I think that a lot of these guys are very close and having a top eight pick is not the same value that it might ha- have had in last year's draft if you're not going to end up with one of these Will Andersons or Jalen Carters or one of the quarterbacks. Yeah, for sure. I think I like your modified version of the take more. Um, 
definitely more measured. But yeah, I mean, we'll see as we get closer. But it just seems like not really such a great class this year. And it will be interesting to see if teams will try and maybe move their first round picks this year for first rounders next year. Yeah, and we've seen that work out very well for a team like the Eagles who might win the Super Bowl and could have a top 10 pick and it not work out for teams like the Saints who, uh, yeah, they they could use that top 10 pick. Yeah, for sure. And I think even an example, in a tri- it works sometimes for both teams. You see the Bears did it to get Justin Fields a couple of years ago and the Giants ended up using – I believe what the Bears pick was five or the Bears pick. No, the Bears pick was, pick seven. was seven. So even though Evan Neal had a rough year, I mean, still undeniable that it's very nice to have that extra first round pick. Absolutely. Uh, um. So, yeah, sometimes it can work out for both sides. Um, Definitely. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see. Um. Anything else before we kind of wrap up our uh, first thoughts on the draft this year and move on to Super Bowl stuff? I think we can uh, move on to the Super Bowl. Okay, so, yeah, I think what we want to do here for the Super Bowl is just evaluate maybe potential storylines, um, see what where what matchups have an edge, whether that be like Chiefs offensive line against the Eagles D-line, who's going to get the better of who. Um, yeah, so if you want to just dive right in, maybe – start with that Chiefs offense anything other than the obvious to point out um I actually like what you just talked about I think uh, I want to talk a lot about the interior of the Eagles defensive line which has kind of been you know the key cog for that defense um against the Chiefs who their tackles you know Orlando Brown is fine but Andrew Wiley eh, less than fine but the interior of the offensive line actually does feel very impressive um and that'll be a good matchup to see if Javon Hargrave can get the best of Creed Humphrey and uh, and Joe Tooney um, and Trey Smith. I was blanking. Um, and if, you know, Fletcher Cox, you know, how those interior guys can disrupt them and, you know, get after Patrick Mahomes and how they can free up one-on-ones for a Hassan Reddick or a Josh Sweat to, you know, just – kind of bulldoze their way through um, Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown, who is not the best pack, best pass protector. Yeah, I mean, to say the least. Um, I think that it's also really interesting as you got the Chiefs coming with, especially Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, some young guys here against a very old interior for the Eagles with Fletcher Cox with Ndamukong Sue, with Linvald Joseph. I think Javon Hargrave is approaching 30 years old. Right. Um, he is getting up there, but yeah. I, he he's he's not too old. No, yeah, not, not that they're necessarily declining or that that's going to impact the performance, but it's definitely an interesting to see how these more, the younger guys who've played great can hold up against these veterans who – Probably have been the strength of that Eagles defense this year. Yeah. Um, anything else with the Eagles defense and the Chiefs offense? Any other matchups that you want to talk about? Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how uh 
the Chiefs handle not really being able to throw to the outside and how reliant I mean they've always been reliant upon Travis Kelsey but I think even more so they'll become reliant upon Travis Kelsey because uh you know MVS is not going for 100 yards against Darius Slay and James Bradbury yeah. um you know they're they're really going to need to control the middle of the field um and work through Travis Kelsey if they want to win this game um so I I'm expecting a huge game for Travis Kelsey which is not surprising. The stars are going to come out and play in the Super Bowl. But yeah, I think Travis Kelsey could go 10, 130, and a touchdown, maybe even two. I think I saw today some of the craziest thing over his career. Travis Kelsey has appeared in 17 um, playoff games. So enough for a full season and just ridiculous stuff like 110 catches in those games. Wow. Um, I forget. I think it was upwards of. 1200 yards hold on i gotta see um i gotta find it hold on if you want to if you have anything else while i look it up that that is just a crazy stat and i mean i think he's gonna add to that because he he is gonna be the x factor in this game you talk about mahomes being the best player and being the best elevator and that is absolutely true mahomes is a demigod but i think travis kelsey is going to be how travis kelsey plays will dictate the game yeah, for sure. And it, I found it here. Excuse me, I was wrong. Not 110, 127 catches wow. for 1,467 yards and 15 touchdowns. That is impressive. <laughs> so you could just see what happens in the on the big stage when uh, Travis, McKel- Travis Kelsey comes out to play and maybe some extra juice here going up against his brother. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the and what the Eagles can do to – you're not going to – remove him from the game in anything in any way but maybe to contain him um is that do you think maybe cj gardner johnson can handle that um or should they maybe move maybe try you know darius slay or james bradbury on him uh i mean i don't think cj gardner johnson can handle him but i also (laughs) don't think that they should go away from what they have on the outside and you know I think that would just be a mistake to move those guys around. I think they should leave um, leave Darius Slay and James Bradbury to handle the outside. And then what Travis Kelsey does, Travis Kelsey does. But if you feel like Travis Kelsey is the only one doing damage to you, I think you will be able to live in that offense. Yeah, I think as a defense. Especially if you could limit him to really those underneath throws. Um where he's not really able to get chunk yardage, it and it, it will be interesting to see what the Chiefs do. Um, yeah, and I think I think Patrick Mahomes speaks for himself. We don't really need to say much about him. Any thoughts on the run game for the Chiefs against this? I think it's going to struggle, but I don't think it matters that it's going to struggle. I mean, this Eagles run defense is phenomenal, but regardless, the Chiefs don't run the ball so much. And when they do, it's more so just to set up the pass. They're not really running the ball to, you know, run down your throats the way the Eagles do uh, or the way the Giants kind of did this season. They're running so that they can set up these pass plays. And so I don't think that that will be such a big issue that they can't run the ball very effectively. They didn't run the ball effectively against the Bengals. They've failed to run the ball effectively many times this season, and they've been more than fine. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I agree. I think that if, if the Chiefs get to the point where they need to rely on the run to win, then that's already a bad sign for them. Absolutely. Um, And now on the flip side, you want to just talk about that Chiefs defense going up against the Eagles offense. Yeah, I mean, I think this defense for the Chiefs is actually like wildly underrated. I think you have Karloftis you ha- and you have Frank Clark on the edges and you have uh, Chris Jones on the inside, which is going to create like some pass rush. And I know obviously the Eagles offensive line is phenomenal, but those are good players. And then you have Nick Bolton and you have uh, Willie Gay on the inside. And then as, as uh, um, on the outside for corners, you have Trent McDuffie and you have Legereus Sneed. Um, and they have, I, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he's been a ball hawk for them. The rookie Jalen Watson, Jalen Watson. Well, like these, this defense is underratedly pretty good. Um, and I think it's not going to limit the Eagles offense, but I, or it's not going to stop the Eagles offense, but I do think it will limit the Eagles offense and, you know, force them to, you know, maybe be a little bit more nuanced or I mean the Eagles offense is more nuanced but I would say force Jalen Hurts to become an elevator I've talked about it so much and he's never needed to do it but I think this is the game where he finally needs <laughs> to elevate this Eagles offense um, and you know not just put up points because you know other teams are turning the ball over and they start with the ball on uh, the other team's 20 and they can put up 40 points, but because the other team is up seven and they need a legacy drive from Jalen hurts. Can Jalen hurts do that against this chiefs defense? Yeah, I think I just want to go back to one guy you mentioned and that's Chris Jones. I think we, we affectionately dubbed last week's episode, the Chris Jones episode. Um, yes, we both love him. He's such a difference maker on the Eagle. Uh, excuse me, on the Chiefs defense. Um, I think PFF had him with a 92 overall grade this year with a 92.2 pass rush grade, which is just unheard That's of. That's crazy. 15 sacks from the interior, 50 hurries, 77 total pressures. I mean, that's crazy for any player, let alone an interior defensive lineman. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think he could be the guy to you know, win the Super Bowl for the Chiefs and be the disruptor that they need against yeah. that very potent offense. Yeah, that'll certainly be an interesting battle. Do you think the Eagles will try and uh, give Jason Kelsey some help with him, or is it going to be a one-on-one battle? I think he'll be double-teamed all game. They can't. The Eagles can't let what happened to the Bengals happen to them. Now, this is kind of going from the worst offensive line in the NFL to the best offensive line in the NFL. So. I don't even expect a repeat performance, but they just can't allow it. And I think that does free up Frank Clark and George Karloftis for maybe more one-on-ones. And that could be how the Chiefs kind of stop this Eagles offense. Yeah, for sure. Um, Is there anything you want to talk about the Eagles offense that you particularly think they can use to take advantage of this Chiefs defense? Um, I think just how many playmakers they have it like they can just overwhelm the chiefs offense with the guys that they have they have you know in the running game they have 
Obviously, Jalen Hurts, what he can do with his legs. They have Miles Sanders. They have Kenneth Gainwell. Then on the outside, obviously, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. I think I just – what is, did I just mention six different guys? Those are six playmakers, and they there's just, like, nothing that the Chiefs can do to stop all of them at the same time. So if they can just overwhelm the Eagles – or if they can just overwhelm the Chiefs' defense, I think that is how they win the Super Bowl. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's going to come down, I think, to these offenses. And as you said, will Jalen Hurts finally prove you wrong? Um, I've been waiting for it. I think he's a, he's a great quarterback. He's a top 10 guy. But can he just elevate this Eagles team? He hasn't needed to do it. I just want to see him do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll answer that question next week. Um, I hope all of you enjoy the Super Bowl, no matter what team you're rooting for. Um, and yeah, any any closing so- thoughts before we get on out of here? Um, I think that this actually will be a great Super Bowl. Um, I am going to pick the Chiefs to win it 34 to 30. As oh much yeah, sorry, as, I didn't even ask you. Yeah. As much as I've kind of been talking about how I think the defenses can get to each other and with two weeks of game planning, you know, historically the under always hits. The defenses are generally on top. This is just going to be Mahomes' takeover, I feel like. And I think the Eagles' offense obviously speaks for itself. Um, But Mahomes and Kelsey are just going to drive this Eagles' defense, which is phenomenal. I think they're going to drive it insane. And I think they win 34-30 as Jalen Hurts fails to convert on that legacy drive. There you go. Wow, that's that's a high score. Um, Especially, as you said, with those two weeks to prepare. I'm also going to pick the Chiefs to win albeit in a lower scoring game. I mean, I say low, lower scoring. Still, I have them winning 30 to 24. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see if the Eagles can prove us wrong. And really, that a lot of that will fall on Jalen Hurts. And if so, I think we'll, get, we'll apologize. <laughs> um, I will. By the way, if Jalen Hurts leads that legacy drive and the Eagles beat the Chiefs 37-34, I will absolutely apologize. <laughs> there you go. Um, and I think that's it for us here. Um, anything else, Harry? I have nothing else. I got to say, enjoy Super Bowl weekend. It only happens once a year and it's the best time of year. And yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. If you want to watch a video version of this podcast, check out our YouTube at the Checkdown pod. And if you want to hear some of our great takes live, then check out our Twitter at checkdown underscore pod. We'll see you next week for our Super Bowl recap. From Harry and myself, this has been the Checkdown Pod. Have a good one.